your troubles and doubts Giving me everything inside and out And love's strange, so real in the dark Think of the tender things that we were working on Slow change may pull us apart When the light gets into your heart, baby Don't you Welcome to Sweep Delay Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Mac Masunas. How's everybody doing today? I'm doing great, guys. And with me is somebody who has not been on the podcast in five months, Mr. Jameson, Very Good Rabbit. How are you, sir? I'm doing terrific, Mike. No, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as far as you know, I'm doing terrific. That's great. (laughs) It's good to hear your voice, son. It's good to hear your voice. Indeed. So how the hell are you, man? Uh, you know, I'm doing all right. Uh, you know, been, been better physically. Uh, those of you who, uh, who may know me know I'm going through a little, little issue right now. Uh, but, uh, it does not deter me from, uh, getting on the podcast. So it's true. I, I told a friend of mine, uh, on uh, Sunday, we were having a little pay-per-view party and, uh, he's like, yeah, man, what happened to Jameson? And, and I told him, I was like, oh, dude, he's a big star now. I'm like, yeah, he's on a weekly TV show. He's like, well, that's cool that, you know, it's so cool that he'll still go on your podcast. I'm like, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I get down with the commoners every once in a while, you know. It's true. <laughs> it's terrible. You're high and mighty now, man. It's, it's sure. Good for you, son. Good for you. Right. So, well, man, we... uh I want to thank you for joining me on The Breakfast Club, man. This is going to be a fun discussion. Uh, This is the first review I've ever done where I have absolutely no notes. And uh, and, and the reason behind that is is I've seen this over like 150 times. So um, I guess we'll get into the review in a little bit. But you know what? I don't even want to do any news because nothing there's nothing to talk about news really sucks nowadays doesn't it i mean it's pretty bad in podcasting land sir when the news section is no longer fun to talk about what do you think yeah there's there's nothing real major nothing nothing to really get excited about right now yeah Just i'm a lot of the same stuff yeah i mean pictures here and there of, of movies being filmed which is which has been cool and and things like that uh, you know, I can go off a little bit about the Billboard Music Awards, but I won't really do that. I'll probably save that for later on in the episode. Uh, but I have a few mini reviews, sir. Uh, Ooh. You know, unlike yourself, I am not fortunate enough to see every movie in the theater every single week. 
Uh, I'm so jealous of you, by the way. But um, <laughs> Avengers, sir. Uh, I never, I did a review of Avengers, the first one, but uh, I know some people who are friends with me saw my review of it on Flickster. But my overall thing is, uh, I'm kind of, this is, I'm kind of at a weird point where I don't want to hear any more reviews on the movie. I'm kind of reviewed out on this movie. So I'm, mm-hmm. but I think I'm, I'm definitely at four and a half and I'm at the point of, I, re- there are some parts in the movie that I, I thoroughly enjoy and I think are high and above better than the first movie. And then as a whole though, it's uh, like a splitting hair. The first one's a tad bit better. That's kind of where I'm at. But Fair enough. pretty much all of your love that you had, I, I have to agree with. I, I think the only problem I have is there were a few times where there's multiple fighting going on between Captain America and Iron Man, and then they'll immediately stop fighting, and then it's like everything's all good in the hood, and it, it just it didn't make any sense, you know? And I know it's supposed to build a conflict for Civil War, stuff like that, but there was just some few random moments where I'm just like, but that doesn't make any sense why all of a sudden you just stop fighting and, and you're totally cool. I don't get it, but... Outside of that, though, man, I mean, the stuff I thought was way above better was the Black Widow and Hulk stuff. Um, there's been a lot of hate going on about Black Widow being not a strong character anymore. I'm just like, you guys, you're idiots. Like, I don't get it. But uh, I, yeah. I I thoroughly enjoyed it, man. I, it was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie, you know, uh, especially the thing with this movie is it proves that Batman and Superman can go at it because – you know, Iron Man can beat up the Hulk, you know, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. And, and, and it's all good. So this movie proves that next move, next year's movie is going to work. So if it does, it does (laughs) at least that fight, uh, that that's what I'm trying to say is that if it's believable that Iron Man can take on the Hulk, it'll be believable. Batman can take on Superman. That that's what I'm trying to say. I don't know if that movie is going to be good. That's what I'm trying to say. So very good. Uh, pitch perfect Two. Um, I was going to watch it last, uh, Friday, but here's my situation. Why I had to wait till this coming week, because I get off at five o'clock. The first showing was five. The next one's seven 30. So then I have to pay full price. And then my little girl, who wants to see this movie so bad, she falls asleep between 8.15 and 8.30, so she would be completely upset with me uh, falling asleep in the theater, and then I would have paid full price for a sleeping kid. So that's why I'm going to go this Saturday. So I say you just sneak in. That's what you do. Yeah. So, so you don't pay. What'd you think of it, man? <laughs> uh, first off, let me just say that my movie-going experience to Pitch Perfect 2 is a little interesting because... Uh, as, as we all know, pitch perfect Two won the weekend at the box office with a big, made more money than the original movie made in its entire theatrical run. I know. Right. Which is crazy. Right. But you know, and it is, it's, it's got its audience. But, uh, when my wife and I went, it was sold out almost every screen and we have our beautiful new theater, just uh, the lap of luxury. And it was basically sold out every show that we went. Uh, so she and I had to sit uh, not together, which is awkward. It's what? a little weird. Wow. Yeah. That was our choice was either we come back tomorrow or we see the movie. And we both wanted to see the movie then. You know, we had our babysitting situation figured out. Like, we're here. <laughs> okay. So I had to, we were close. I sat directly in front of her. She sat in the row right behind me. So I was like, well, okay, you can look at the back of my head, I guess. Um, 
And we get there, and since it is completely sold out, I had the uh, privilege of being able to get sat between two groups of, like, 15-year-old girls. Uh, and that was, I, I, I could tell from the rolling of their eyes that they didn't want some 38 year old dude sitting next to them. And I really didn't want to listen to them. Yip, yip and yammer about pitch Perfect and sing every song that was in the movie. But I, I was not afforded the option to avoid it. Um, and then before the movie even starts, my wife taps me on the shoulder, leans forward and says, I forgot. I have to work right now. I go, what? She what? Goes, I totally forgot. I have to work. <laughs> So then what happened? So I hung out and watched the movie myself, which is super creeper. Um, <laughs> but uh, having said all that, and uh, you know, it was it was a, a different viewing experience. Um, I enjoyed the movie. I I didn't love it as much as I loved the first one. I still enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I think some of the charm from the first one was lost on this one, though. Just some of the. Um, the t- the telling the story, creating the characters, uh, just making the whole uni- acapella universe that was the first movie. This one kind of felt a lot of the same. Um, I still loved it. Uh, I thought it was a good time. The music was good, not great. Uh, so yeah, I think all in all, I gave it. A good, but I, all in all, <laughs> I gave it. I think three and a half stars. Awesome. good good yeah i've been hearing the same thing that uh very enjoyable you know it builds on the first one i probably love the first one more than the second one that's kind of what i've been hearing but Mm. uh nobody's been really saying anything bad about it so i'm I'm super excited to see it uh i've told my girls that you know we watched lip sync battle except last week's episode i made sure they didn't watch but uh yeah if you know why uh, go go check it out. Uh, Which was last? That's the one where they did Lonely Island. I just had sex. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that one. I haven't watched that one yet. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, "You guys watch lip sync battle? That's what you do when you watch Pitch Perfect too. You do some lip sync. We do not mm-hmm. sing in the theater. That is the rule. I don't care who else is doing it. You will not do it. Is that understood? So yeah, that that that's where we're at. So. But I, I'm super pumped to see it because that was originally what we were going to do. We, You said, I think we get back together on the 15th and talk about some Pitch Perfect. I'm like, heck yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like, I don't know, it turned into Breakfast Club because I was originally going to do Breakfast Club. And I asked you, hey, you want to come back and do the Breakfast Club since, you know, it's a John Hughes movie. We've done a few of those before. You're like, yeah, that works. I just saw it in the theater. Uh, a little while ago and i was like hey and i just got the 30th anniversary blu-ray i think it'll be good times so i'm glad that uh, it worked out this way so i'll definitely give my thoughts on pitch perfect 2 on the next episode but uh you know other than that um god what did i see before um avengers jeez i think it last one was divergent so and i already talked about that so mm-hmm. so yeah um you know outside of that tv man that's been it's been that's really been my entertainment lately uh, of course a few shows got canceled that i was really holding on to like forever i really love that show it sucks that it's gone uh forever of course got or not forever but stalker got canceled i was really looking forward to seeing that renewed um, uh, you know 
<laughs> those were two two of my big favorites. But of course, Flash and Arrow. I mean, those are still my two favorite shows on TV. Period. And the Flash, right. the Flash tonight is a season finale, and every episode is like a season finale with that show. It's ridiculous how amazing that show is. And uh, let's see, I never. Uh, oh, Daredevil, the TV show that w- that was fantastic. I absolutely loved that on Netflix. Did you check that out? Of course I did. Well, what did you oh, think? Sorry, yeah, sorry, you oh, disappeared for a second. Oh, I know. My, uh, I don't know. My mic just cracked there for a second. What did right. you think? Of course. Um, I thought it was good. I thought it kind of uh, tapered off towards the end a little bit for me. Okay. Um, uh, I thought it was strong through like the first six, seven episodes, and it kind of hit a lull. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to more. Um, it just proves that Marvel just. They just don't mess up. I know, right? It's just, it's just disgusting Crazy. how good they are at everything they do. Um, it's really, really exciting. And, uh, you know, as we get more and more things coming out of Marvel, the Spider-Man announcement and the and the Jessica Jones and all these things, are like, yeah, great. I'm sure it's going to be wonderful. I'm <laughs> sure it's going to be great. Oh, uh, I know. You know, what just cr- cracks me up is uh, it's my post that I did a few days ago. And you're like, oh, Batman, Batman, 89, Returns did some killing. Yep. Uh, okay, so so this is, I'm talking in the now, you know, history of Marvel and DC. People bitch and complain that DC is, you know, dark and gritty. And, you know, Marvel is the family-friendly Good stuff. And and I've always been a DC guy, but I love these Marvel movies. They made me care about characters I never gave a crap about before. I think they're fantastic. They're well-written. I mean, they're, they are some of the best movies, period, out there. But I just had a legitimate question that I was wondering on people's thoughts. I said, why is it that in these Marvel movies, Captain America, Iron Man, all these guys can go around killing people, and it's okay, but if Superman kills somebody... Oh, this is the worst possible decision. People have to, you know, do tons of complaining about it. But it seems that in, you know, in the Dark Knight trilogy, Batman went out of his way not to kill anybody unless you were in that situation and you, you basically, you know, I'm not going to save you, Ra's al Ghul, blah, 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 blah. So Batman, his whole point was not to kill. Superman was trying not to kill anybody. But of course, he had to kill Zod at the end. Spoiler alert. But the whole point is, is it seems that the DC characters are going out of the way not to kill people. But in the Marvel movies, it's like, oh, it's OK. Let's, you know, Captain America takes his gun, shoots a bunch of people, you know, and I get the whole war thing and stuff. But I was like, why is there a double standard there? Nobody seems to bring that up. And I wasn't dissing one or the other. I was just simply asking people's thoughts, you know, and. Uh, it's true, Batman, back in the 80s, he did a lot of killing, you know? I mean, maybe if Batman did some killing, we wouldn't have these crazy people running around Gotham City. So You you wouldn't have the Suicide Squad then. I- exactly. But it was just something I brought up, and, uh, you know, one of my friends was just like, man, I never really thought about that before. It's true. It is kind of a double standard. Nobody ever says anything. So I don't know. What's your thoughts on it, man? I say kill them all. <laughs> the Punisher had it right. Exactly. Release the Punisher on all of them. I, do you see where I'm coming from in regards to that? I really have no issue with any of it. I have no issue with uh, with uh, the uh, the Marvel characters killing. I have no issue with Zod dying. Zod had to die. Yeah. Uh, no big deal. My only issue is when you 
the constant need to kill off your major villain in the first movie of every franchise yeah. is is annoying to me because you build up such strong villains and usually you use the number one chief villain in your first movie to make sure that you get sequels yeah. and to just waste them in that first movie to never use them again. I think I've always thought is just so stupid. Yep. You know, I, I never understood why. Okay. And then the good guy has to win and the bad guy has to die. Like, well, why, why, why can't we bring them back? Right. I, I agree a hundred percent. Definitely. Yep. All right, sir. So, um, yeah, man, I don't really have any news. Uh, you know, I don't know if you have anything that you think is worthy enough to, to speak of. Uh, nope. I I know uh, it's it's pretty much just yeah you know whatever we find we've been posted in the group which has been good times but I think we should uh, roll into the Breakfast Club what do you think man Let's do it Let's do it You have exactly eight hours and fifty four minutes to ponder the error of your ways Any questions Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe it was the film that defined a generation. Being bad feels pretty good. With an amazing cast of 80s all-stars. <coughs> Chicks cannot hold a smoke. That's what it is. The Breakfast Club, back on the big screen for two nights only. Forgot my pencil. Relive every unforgettable moment, meticulously restored frame by frame. Also featuring a pre-show retrospective. From beloved writer-director John Hughes, experience it like never before. The Breakfast Club, March 26th and 31st in select cinemas. For participating theaters and tickets, go to fathomevents.com. Also available on Blu-ray and DVD. All right, sir. So let me give you a little story about The Breakfast Club before we uh, before I get your thoughts on this. So... When I first got together with my wife, who obviously was my girlfriend at the time, she thought my favorite movie of all time was The Breakfast Club because all I would do was quote the movie all the time. All I would do was watch it all the time. And I never had the legitimate VHS. I always had like a copy of it and stuff. And she, for Christmas, she bought me The Breakfast Club on VHS. I'm like, oh, thanks. And she goes, well, I thought you'd be more excited. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, it's it's one of my favorite movies. She goes, I thought it was your favorite movie. I'm like, no, The Karate Kid is my ultimate favorite movie. She's like, The Karate Kid? I've never seen you watch that movie once. And it just kind of made me uh, pull back and look at myself and be like, so I'm watching The Breakfast Club more than The Karate Kid. I need to fix this, you know, mm-hmm. with my wife. But uh, I guess... You know, when we were doing our chick flicks for guys at the time when we did some kind of wonderful, I said, oh, this is my favorite John Hughes film. And and then we both, after watching it again, decided that it wasn't as good as we remember it. And I kind of was like, well, maybe it's not my favorite anymore. I think I'll go back to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. But then every time I watch The Breakfast Club, I'm just like, oh, this is it, man. This is my favorite and then I watched Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I'm like, no, this is my favorite. But this movie is the one that I've seen the most edited. I've very rarely seen the, the uncut version of this film mm-hmm. because I always watched it as a kid. So, you know, there's certain scenes I can't wait to talk about. But it's just like overall, it's just this is that's always been PG for me. 
because I've always seen it every sex or NBC would be playing this and stuff. But sure. it's kind of funny how my wife thought that this was my favorite movie of all time because it's so quotable. And like the first half of the movie, I literally know word. So what's your history with the Breakfast Club? <laughs> uh, Breakfast Club uh, coming out in the the uh, mid 80s, right in the wheelhouse. Breakfast Club was one of those movies right along with a lot of those John Hughes movies, Weird Science, um, Ferris Bueller that were on those tapes that I would tape the movie off of TV or what have you, or get a tape from somebody and, uh, and just watch it. Um, so I, I, yeah, it did seem like it was always on like USA network for a long time, but, um, it's one of those movies that I always enjoyed. And I, and, and featuring that great group of John Hughes actors back then. Yeah. Uh, um, always enjoyed it's never been my favorite john hughes movie really um no it's my favorite john hughes movie is usually fluctuated between weird science and planes trains and automobiles and i think it's solidly been sitting at planes trains and automobiles for quite a while now um yeah but uh (laughs) breakfast club is a good time um i do have issues with it Uh, i don't think it's a perfect movie in any way but um it's it's good and and for me I'm just a sucker for a young Anthony Michael Hall. <laughs> yeah, he is my favorite thing to come out of John Hughes's uh, making movies was uh, young Anthony Michael Hall and uh, getting Sixteen Candles, this movie, and Weird Science within a two year span was pretty phenomenal. That was pretty great and I always I always uh, kind of fancied myself as wanting to be an Anthony Michael Hall when I was young. <laughs> So yeah, that's awesome. And yeah. I, I'm really interested to hear, you know, your, your problems with it. That'll, that'll be fun. Actually, Anthony Michael Hall was always my least favorite of the group. And I think it's because I related to him so much that I purposely was trying to distance myself. And I was always a John Bender fan because I'm like, Hey, the a-holes get all the girls. So this is the kind of person that you want to be like, you know, which of sure. course, which of course isn't true. But uh, I mean, of course, Bender has all the best lines in the movie. But, uh, you know, uh, I never I never was a fan of her. You know, it's just like uh, I think it was because of this movie. I was just like, I think she's really a snot in real life or something like that. You know, it took a long time for me to forgive her for her role in this movie. I will agree 100 percent with you on that and that I was never as as much as John Hughes is one of my. 10 favorite directors ever. And Molly Ringwald played a huge part in that, especially launching John Hughes and, and uh, you know, this and Pretty in Pink and 16 Candles. She is like the one thing in all those movies that I can't stand. And unfortunately, she's the star of almost of those. <laughs> but it is. It's. I don't know if it was because she always played the whiny, woe is me. Oh, my parents are a drag, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what it is, but she always had like the whiny face on and just... I always just it, it, it annoyed me to no end, uh, and so yeah, rewatching this again uh, recently, I was like, oh yeah, I just she just does not do it for me. Just I just want to just tell her like knock it off. <laughs> it's not all about you. <laughs> you wish you were a girl so you could slap her, basically. Every movie, and I know that this is okay. I know that this is the point of the John Hughes movies is that they are about the 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 youth, the the young teens, and how everything is about them, and about how all these movies are about how they their lives are the most important things in the world, and that's that is the message through most of these. But it is literally every movie is about her. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> like, there's more to life than you. <laughs> 
so Ali Sheedy was somebody who was not very attractive in this movie and is a very interesting character. And then she's the one who I love watching her movies, watching her in Short Circuit, Man's Best Friend, various movies. I was just like, yeah, man, Ali Sheedy's good times. And then she just fell off the face of the earth. Never she saw really her again. Did. It was like, yeah. like what happened to her, you know? And then Emilio Estevez, this guy here, uh, we, we re- the last time we talked was, uh, was Men at Work. Well, that, was, was really? that was her last movie that we talked about. And We're going through all the Emilio movies. <laughs> and Emilio Estevez was in there. He is, uh, he basically, I mean, he, I don't know if he is now, but I mean, he I was going to say, director. look what he's doing today. Yeah, look what he's doing today. He, he's working at McDonald's, but. Uh, you know, he was pretty successful coming out of this. But and then and then uh, what's his name? You know, Judd Nelson. And mm-hmm. now he's pretty much a stereotype of the Breakfast Club. You know, he plays now the principal of the of the Breakfast Club in some of the movies I've seen on Netflix, or you know, I, I've I've seen him kind of spinning off. You know, yeah. being that version instead of Bender and stuff. Because I think. He was so phenomenal in this role that he tried to, I don't know, do something else, but can never get away from the stigma. But yet, Anthony Michael Hall, the last thing you ever think about him being in is The Breakfast Club, you know? Uh, see, I love Anthony Michael Hall in The Dead Zone. Yes. That, that great that is, television yes, show. Yes, I, I agree 100%. That is my favorite Anthony Michael Hall. That, that was, was great to see him come back after so long being gone. And Oh, man. That, that show was so good and so hard to find, too. Oh, yeah. Um, I wish it was on Netflix. I, I want to revisit that whole series. I, I never thought it, I, I never took him seriously. But when I watched that show, I watched two episodes. I was just like, I can't get over how amazing this show is. And yeah, it was very good. I immediately fell back in love with Anthony Michael Hall, you know? And then uh, revisiting all his older movies, you know, Weird Science, I definitely can see why that's your favorite John Hughes film. But, of course, now you said it's Plane, Trains, and Automobiles, which both are fantastic films. I think we both gave them five stars because they were they were great. And, you know, for the longest time, I always thought this was a five-star movie, but I'm with you. The as I get older, I start to notice things. And I'm just like, ah, oh, it's the score starts to get weaker for me, actually. So I, I guess we can kind of go through this. So uh, beginning, uh, you know, movie starts off and it's 1984, even though then the movie come out in 85. Yeah. February 85. Yep. Only a million dollars to make this movie. But uh, I do like the setup here in the beginning. You know, when they when Anthony Michael Hall is doing the introduction and stuff and they show the locker of Bender uh, in the TV cut. You know, I never got to fully read what was listed on the locker. Do you remember that? I can't even remember what is listed on there. No, I don't. Yeah, but it's something bad when you open it and then the razor comes down and stuff. But the guillotine. Yeah. It's what's cool is in the beginning here, you know, we get the kids with their parents and actually that's Anthony Michael Hall's real life mom is the one dropping him off, the one giving him the lecture. Mom, all we're supposed to do is study. Well, you better, all we're supposed to do is just sit there. Well, you better find a way to study. That's actually his real life mom. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I I read some trivia a long time ago and I checked it out, plus her name's in the credits. And then I was like, oh, yep, I confirmed that it's good times. Uh, But I think the funniest part is just Bender walking and almost getting hit by a car. Hmm. so opening sequence wise, you know, of course we have the the famous song, Don't You Forget About Me, Simple Minds. And then it 
obviously closes the movie. But we don't really... The, is it just like they're just playing the music, right? They're not actually playing the words. Am I right? Or Yeah. No, I think it's just the... Uh, yeah, it's just the instrumental track, basically. Yeah. So, uh, opening-wise... I don't know. I mean, uh, how, how do you think the thing flows basically starting off? You think it's a good introduction to these characters that we get? I mean, I know we spent about a good 20 minutes, but, you know, it's definitely not boring. You know, I think they start things off right where you kind of have the comedy kick in about like 10 minutes into the movie. You're already starting to laugh. What do you think? Yeah. And, you know, and you basically you get the first glimpse of like r- literally where these kids come from. You know, you see you see. uh what what rides they're getting dropped off in and and how they how they show up and you instantly i mean john hughes wants you to form an opinion immediately just based on how they show up how they're dressed yeah who their who their parents are how their how or if their parents are there uh you know and all that and instantly make an opinion on okay so this guy's a jock this guy's a dweeb this guy's this you know exactly very quickly yeah ex- exactly and I think they even have this speech about, uh, you know, about you have a princess, you have an athlete, you have a brain, you have a criminal. And, of course, it's all in Anthony Michael Hall's voice. And then at the end of the film, everybody does their own persona in their own voice, which I thought was a nice twist. Because essentially in the beginning of the movie, you're getting the actual essay that is written at the end of the film, uh, which I thought it was actually a nice twist if it's the first time that you're watching the film. Uh, but then we get introduced, you know, after our characters come in, they all kind of get situated. You know, Bender's staring over at uh, Anthony Michael Hall, which his character's name is uh, Brian. Brian's our brain. Um, he's funny, man. He's he's very quirky. You could tell he's definitely nervous being there. He doesn't want to, uh, I don't know, he doesn't want to piss anybody off, you know. I think he's just trying to be in his own little zone. Right. And uh, then we get introduced to Ali Sheedy who instantly goes into her own world kind of thing. Um, so Vernon walks through the door. This guy, you could just, on his face, before he even says a word, you're just like, this guy is a jerk off. <laughs> What's your thoughts on Mr. Vernon, sir? All right. So uh, you are meant to hate Paul Gleason's character. And, uh, he, you know, he, he has... Some amazing lines, especially his back and forth with uh, Bender. You know, there's those are classic <laughs> lines. Yeah. But uh, so I always, you know, routinely hated him. Of course. Uh, recent rewatches, I've taken on a different tact of watching this movie. This guy is just, he's just trying to get through his day, man. He's there too. <laughs> he's, you know, he says, I'm a respected individual in the school. But he is also the guy who has to sit on a Saturday with these burnouts and failures and what have you and waste his entire Saturday. Administration says, no, you get to spend your Saturday with these guys. He's hating life. He just wants these kids to shut up and just write their little thing and be quiet so they can all get out of there and be done with it. And he's got to listen to a bunch of mouthy teenagers (laughs) running it. And you can see the frustration on him. I've flipped. 180 degrees on recent rewatches of this. I sympathize with with uh, oh. Mr. Vernon. He's, yeah, he's a jerk, but he's the jerk that they make him to be. They force him to be that jerk. He doesn't. He just wants to get through the day. He's hating life. He's had to deal with run-ins with Bender a dozen times. 
this is not the first time these two have butted heads. And he's like, look, I'm the teacher. You're the student. How about you just shut up and do what you're supposed to do? And nope, we're not going to do that. I'm going to show you up in front of all of all my friends. Poor Mr. Vernon, man. <laughs> the guy's just frustrated. He just wants to get through the day, get home, crack a Stroh's, and just watch some gun smoke. That's all he wants. <laughs> I can't argue with you, man. This is what pisses me off. Oh, it's I don't want to defend this guy, but everything you're saying is 100% true. Um Bender uh has has you're right. The, the best lines in the film and they actually those best lines are with Mr. Vernon. And you're you're right. Clearly it's been established in the one of the earlier scenes about I'm cracking skulls. You know, if I have to come back in here and he mouths it off, he clearly knows what he's going to say kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, he's just like, he gives them their little essay that he's got to do. And uh, what is it Bender says? Does Barry Manilow know you wait, you raid his wardrobe? You right. just bought yourself a new, you just bought yourself Saturday. You mess with the bull, son, you get the horns. And then he walks out. And then, that's when things start. So this is kind of awkward, man. So immediately, Andrew hates Bender. There's, is there history here that we're supposed to know about? Or I don't know just... that there's necessarily history. I think it's just the that he's a jock. He's better than Bender. Bender's a waste. And uh, I, I don't know that there's necessarily a history. There may be. Yeah. Uh, but I, it's it's kind of just like, that that uh, Emilio is, you know, he's he shouldn't be there. You know, yeah. I, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm better than, as almost everybody <laughs> in the Breakfast Club thinks, that they're better than everyone else that's there. Right. Um, which is a, a fun dynamic. But, uh, you know, I think, yeah, the annoyance starts immediately between those two. It's true. And then, of course, uh, Bender starts to go off on Mally Ringwald's character, which is Claire. What's your name, Claire? Claire. <laughs> I, I I love the way that he just rips on people. And I know I shouldn't, but I kind of root for the bad guy in this movie. Uh, and then, of course, you'll you'll find out later on how his home life really is. But he definitely doesn't want to make any friends. He's immediately, you know, messing with Brian. Uh, he leaves, you know, Ali Sheedy alone, which her name's Allison, the basket case. He leaves mm-hmm. her alone. He just gives her a nasty look, but she's in her own little world. And uh, it's definitely a fun dynamic. And then, uh, I don't know, what, what do we basically do? They, they all start kind of uh, talking about parties and, and they're establishing themselves right. socially. Essentially, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that's it. I mean, you're basically getting introduced more to to who each and every one of them is, and this is kind of one of my issues with this movie. Okay, uh, right away is that uh, growing up and watching this now is that it feels like it is very everyone fills a very specific stereotypical role, and I enjoyed that uh, younger. You know, it's, it's it makes it easy to understand what's every, what everyone's motivation is. Um, but now it feels like, okay, so yeah, all he is is this guy, and all he is is this guy. And, the, and, and in this kind of opening, we're really kind of pigeonholing each other. Okay, so you're the princess. And, you're, and I know that the end is ultimately like, oh, we're more than that. But throughout the movie, they're really not. They really are just that. You're the, you're the burnout. Uh, you're the jock. You're the brain. So, uh, sorry. No, um, th- that's just one of my frustrations with the movie is that it feels like 95% of the movie is spent just working 
through these pigeonholes that everyone is in. And it, I don't know. Do you think there's any character development or are, are they the same character from beginning to end? I mean, I, I know that they all pretty much hate each other. And by the end of the movie, you know, they all have an understanding. Uh, I mean, at least after the fight that they have when, you know, you yeah. know, especially Brian talking about, you know, Claire's like, oh, we wouldn't, you know, say hi to you in the hallway. We're too good for you, you know, and stuff like that. But, you know, and I know Bender and her get together and stuff, but is there a big character development or are they pretty much the same character? I feel like Andy is the same character from beginning to end. Um, you know, I think Claire, uh, not Claire, but Allison, Ali Sheedy, I think she probably has the most because she goes from being just a basket case, looking crazy, not wanting to talk to changing her look and opening up and stuff like that. But it's not very huge. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, they're... So they do obviously have a little bit of a change just because you find out more about them. They become, as the movie goes along and a little bit more backstory is given out, they become a little more three-dimensional, especially Bender because he has. But Bender himself is kind of an unreliable narrator about his own life. You don't know what to believe about who he is and what his family life is because he is very much, He, I, you know, I believe that he builds up and exaggerates a lot of what goes on. Yeah. And so he's unreliable as far as you finding out who he is through only what he says. I don't think you can rely 100% on that. And, and then there's the 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 turns towards the end after the big blowout, all of a sudden there's romance linking up really out of nowhere. It feels like it's totally out of nowhere. Like 5 minutes left, we got to hook these kids up. We got to get them together. You know, it feels like a camp movie where it's like, ah, we're away at summer camp for the summer. I'm going to be in love with you until we leave. And then I'm never going to talk to you again, you know. And it just, I don't know. I mean, Ali Sheedy's character obviously develops because you spend the majority of the movie, she spends a half hour without saying a word. Right. So as soon as she starts to talk, you're like, well, there's some development. <laughs> you know, there's we're learning something now. You can see her face. Yeah. How about that? Um, you know, and, and so, yeah, I think there, there is some development within them, but I don't think it's, I don't think anybody has like a big character arc through the movie. I, I, I'm not sure if I'm right on this, but I feel like the first half of the movie is stronger than the second half. And I think it's because the first half is, is fun and there's a lot of laughs and stuff. And the second half is so serious that I feel like I could watch the first half of the movie nonstop and the second half it'd be like, okay. I'll probably watch this on like a rainy day or something. That's exactly right. I, I agree with you 100% on that. Really? Okay. Yeah. I think the, because you are introducing the characters, you're figuring them out, whatever. And, uh, you know, you have the, excuse me, the fun dynamic between Bender and, and um, uh, Paul uh, Gleason's character, Vernon, Mr. Vernon. Yeah, Mr. Vernon. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you have that back and forth. You have the the great scenes where they're out running around the hallways and just, that stuff, but then you get some of this, it gets bogged down, and it, I don't know. The, for me, the worst scene in the movie is anytime Emilio is dancing. I just, oh, it hurts my eyes to watch him do his horrible He's only dance. dancing once, though, that's the thing. But it's it's way too long. And it's it, like 45 seconds of him doing this stupid dance. Well, the worst thing is is that he screams so loud that he breaks the window. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, why is there no consequences there? How did Vernon not hear that? Or is it because he's in the basement looking at files? But isn't the next day going to be like, hey, who the hell broke the window in the library? Uh, you know, you need to confess up here. Okay, so uh, I think my favorite scene of the whole entire movie 
is uh, is Bender talking about his home life because it is it's so quotable. But the quotes that I remember are the TV version. So what's it like in your family? My family? That's real easy. Stupid, worthless, no good, gosh darn, freeloaded <laughs> son of a witch. No good. <laughs> I oh, um, you forgot mouth, lazy. <laughs> <laughs> big big mouth, know it all, uh, and they don't say a hole. They say uh, butthole, jerk. You forgot, ugly, lazy, and disrespectful. Shut up, chick, and go fits me a jerky pot pie. What about you, dad? Freak you. What about you, dad? Freak you. I I don't know, man. I've seen the edited version so much that watching the full complete version is just i just kind of laugh at it because it i feel like one of those little kids that swore for the first time in their life and they get kind of like a a little laugh a little snicker that's what i feel like every time i watch that scene because i'm so used to seeing it on tv edited it just cracks me up and it's somebody else's voice and real bad adr and stuff like that terrible adr yeah uh, and then, of course, uh, I don't believe it. You know, you want to come over sometime. You know, he shows them the scars and everything yeah. like that. Um, yeah, that's definitely my my favorite scene. And the one scene that I've always hated because I never got the answer to is when Bender's up in the rafters and mm-hmm. he's telling the joke and he never finishes the joke. That always pissed me off. <laughs> and and evidently that was on purpose. There was no punchline to that joke, I guess. Speaking of which, what about, I mean, you talk about windows being busted, ceilings caving in. Right. Nobody's, nobody's talking about that the next day. <laughs> hey, uh, what happened in here? Looks like somebody fell through a ceiling. <clears throat> oh, well. I don't know. I, you know, and, it, and it's funny because there, there, are some, uh, there are some great moments between these guys. But as with, as with all 80s movies, you have to have several montages. You know, the... Uh, I, I always enjoy the montage because it does feel very authentic to me uh, from times in detention. Just the, the quiet montage of them sitting there early on in the movie when it's like, all right, you write. I want everyone to write their paper. And he disappears. And they're all trying to be quiet. And it shows them all just fighting to stay awake. Emilio playing stupid football. And, oh, yeah. And just all the things that you would do and how every minute seems to last a half hour in detention. And Bender's playing air guitar. And right. See, I love that. It's great. See, I thought you were talking about smoking weed. That's what I thought you were talking about. Well, okay. So not only smoking <laughs> weed, but I, during that scene, Bender's just sitting there just smoking cigarettes in the library. I know it was the 80s, but I don't remember. I mean, I was, I was in school in the 80s. I don't remember you being able to smoke in the library in school back then i mean i know things relax you could smoke on airplanes but maybe i'm wrong i don't remember ashtrays being in my school library okay here's what's so stupid about this okay so this this happens when uh you know he sticks his his head in her crotch and you know she gets mad rightfully so she hits him and you know you're an a-hole and she's like you know and he says i'm sorry and he goes he's like hey can i buy my doobage and uh, he's like, hey, Ahab, can I buy my doobage? And he goes and smokes. And then Brian is Brian's the first one. He's like, ah, you know, I'm going to go. And then her, Miss Claire, the one who's completely pissed off, is the second one to go. Right. It's like, uh, you're so upset that now you're going to go she's, smoke weed? She's more of a head case than Ali Sheedy's character. <laughs> Ali Sheedy knows who she is. She knows that she wants to be quiet. She knows that she's kind of an outsider. She gets who she is. But Claire 
has no idea who she is <laughs> and is a total basket case. So at the end, when you talk about who's a basket case, it's 100% Claire because she is the one who is alternately disgusted and turned on by Bender. She's the one who, who uses, um, what's, what's Emilio's character? Andy. Andy. Yeah. Uses Andy as a, as a, yeah. Uses him as a pawn against Bender sometimes, but then turns on him sometimes. Right. And is just a total head case. Doesn't know where she stands in her family life. Doesn't know where she stands in her social circles. You don't know what it's like, Brian. You don't have friends who put pressure. You don't know what pressure is, blah, blah, blah. Thinks she's so much better than everyone else. She should... and, and then tries to garner all the sympathy in the world yeah. because woe is me. And it's like, you are a nut job. You know what? She belongs in Revenge of the Nerd. She's a dick. There you go. There she's you a go. dick. There you go. <laughs> That's where she belongs. You're right. The more I talk about her, the more I hate her guts now. Oh. <laughs> You're you're right. She totally turned, you know, they have that fight. You know, there's the talk between her and Andrew and, and Andrew's talking to her just to piss off Bender when he's taking the the cards, uh, which is good old uh, Google back back in the day. If you wanted to if you wanted to find a book, learn uh, your Dewey decimal system. Yeah. So he starts messing that up and they're talking about parties and stuff. And then like she she turns it around so that those two will get into a fight. Yep. Fight yeah. over me. Fight over me. And Andrew stands up for at one point. Andrew stands up and is like, look, you want to go? I'll go. You don't talk to her like that. And then within minutes, (laughs) within minutes, she turns on him and they're like, oh, what is wrong with you? She is, uh, yeah, just a horrible person. Let's get something straight. You don't look at her. You don't. It's It's, yeah. You don't think about her. You know, it's you don't even think about her. It almost feels like Bender is playing them all like pawns, though. Like, he's just, this is his entertainment because he spends probably every single Saturday in detention. Yeah. He will the next two months worth, at least. Um, And uh, it's like, oh, a new cast of people. Let me see if I can play them like pawns to entertain me today because otherwise it's a long day with me and Vernon. And so I'll get these two just, I'll get this group of weirdos that all feel like they don't belong here and we're just going to have some fun. And it feels like he's the mastermind of everything that goes on. I think the best performance in the whole movie is the eat my short scene between <laughs> Bender and, and Mr. And Mr. Vernon uh-huh. eat my shorts. Would you say eat my shorts? You just bought yourself another Saturday pal. Oh, I'm crushed. You just bought yourself another one. Oh, you know, and it just keeps going and going. I mean, if I'm playing the movie, I can literally, you know, recite it. But off the top of my head, it's like, uh, but I love that scene because the tension builds and builds and builds and builds. And uh, the best part is Brian with the little comedy. He's like, excuse me, sir, that's seven. It's it's eight, <laughs> Pee Wee. Shut up. You know, <laughs> well, when you came in, you said he would have another one. See you next Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> But then he does that stupid, the stupid two fingers. I yeah. two months Bender for two months. I got gotcha. you, you know, and it's just like that is that's one of the most iconic scenes in the movie that people yes. do those the two horn things all the time. And everybody knows it's from the breakfast club. But exactly. I, I think that's the strongest scene of the movie. And of course, the edited version was eat my shirt. Uh, really? Because, yeah. You have to edit out "Eat My Shorts." You could not say "Eat My Shorts." It was eight eat- years. Eight years later, Bart Simpson's is Bart Simpson saying it in prime time every Sunday night. Exactly. But it was "Eat My Shirt" is all that was allowed to be said when I watched. It's terrible. Mm. So much was cut out of here. It's crazy. 
I think that whole weed scene, which of course we get our famous Anthony Michael Hall drunk scene, but he's high this time. Right. So good, man. And <laughs> funny enough, I flipped on Weird Science the other day, and it happened to be on the bar scene. I did the exact same thing. Oh, awesome. Yes. And I'm like, I adore this scene. It is so good. I turned it on uh, last week, I want to say, and yeah. it was, give me the keys, I'll drive. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Can't got no license, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so good on the telephone what's this man talking about on the telephone man pardon oh. me sir what is this bring it <laughs> let's just do that movie again <laughs> yeah let's talk about that movie again Any, anyways I, yeah there's you know what's funny too is uh Going through and kind of looking at some of the uh, trivia facts, uh, when I went and saw this uh, in the theater, they had a little trivia track going before the movie, Things You Might Not Know. And uh, one of the things that I did not know was the janitor in this movie. Uh, if you look closely, as they show the the uh, wall of honor, like student of the year wall that our janitor was the student of the year a few years before. I didn't, I did notice that actually. Yeah. There's his picture on the wall. It's kind of a precursor of, so which one of these guys is going to be the new janitor? Yeah. Did you know that some of the posters on the walls are the same ones in Ferris Bueller's day off because this is the same school used to film because he filmed both movies back to back the same time and money and stuff. Well, yeah, Uh, all these, I mean, all these take place in Shermer, Illinois in the same School because hey, I found a cool school. Yeah, they'll let me they'll let me uh, shoot shoot a movie here. Oh man! So I think the 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 most random scene in the movie is the I don't I don't know if I want to say it's the where they sit down and just kind of talk about their their life mm-hmm. at home and stuff because I hear conflicting reports that this was all ad libbed. Yes, but then I'm just like, but it seems too good to be ad-libbed but it's just like they 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 rip their heart out but then right afterwards i mean they're literally saying you know f you to each other and then they're like best friends after the talk it's just i don't right it it's really i think it's a really good scene but it just seems like they made up way too fast yeah it to me it feels like on its own in a vacuum standalone, it's a it's a really great scene. It's a powerful scene. And it is a scene that kind of goes to the heart of the teen angst that most of these movies have, and this movie specifically. But th- the problem is, is that in the flow of that part of the movie, it really feels out of place to me. Yeah. It it's... really feels like this kind of comes out of nowhere, and then we kind of disregard it immediately. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like this. I could watch the first half of the movie, get up to the weed scene. If I cut this out and go after it, I'm good. It's like I love this scene, but I, it slows the movie down so much and, and makes the fun just wash away. And I know it's supposed to be serious, and, and it's a it's a fantastic scene in itself. But in the movie, the more I watch it, the more I'm just like I should flip the channel or something. You know, it's just like – it's not as strong of a John Hughes scene as other John Hughes scenes have been in other movies. Right. Yeah. I mean, who writes better? That's when that might be the problem right here. Mike, we might just hit it was who writes better dialogue for that generation at that time. Right. We've said it multiple times that John Hughes was the king of writing that dialogue for, for the youth 
of the mid eighties, that, that preteen, that teenage group. And so uh, funny enough, maybe it is the fact that you let the actual kids come up with their own dialogue that, that made it yeah. kind of stand out as something different, you know, and the fact that they weren't all teenagers at the time. I mean, some of them were in their late twenties. You know, this was a, a nine hundred two one zero situation where. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to like piss all over the scene and say like the stories they came up with. Uh, you know, like Brian just you know crying and, and especially going off on Claire. You know, mm-hmm. I, I it's it's powerful stuff. It really is. And then Bender just like Bender really goes off on her. You know, you wouldn't about his friends you know you don't look at my friends you don't even think about my friends you know you certainly don't condescend to speak to any of my friends and then like you know she's crying and she's like i hate you and he's like good and then like within three minutes they're doing the 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 stupid i don't know they're it just yeah no i agree 100 percent with you yeah i agree and i you know i know that they're emotional but it does just feel like it's out of place where it is in the movie yeah i think that's my problem where my problems the as i've gotten older and watched the movie where as as a younger person it didn't affect me it wasn't slowing the movie down but now it's like i've had so much fun the first half of the movie things have been going great and then this scene slows things down to a screeching halt and it's like i want to get back to what we had in the beginning here so yeah it's on its own, it's a fantastic scene, but it's as for me now, it slows the movie down and drops my score. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you're right. The dialogue isn't as strong because it's not Hughes writing it, and uh, and all, all these scenes prior have been gold. I mean, the stuff with Bender talking to you know Vent to you know to Vernon, and especially like uh, the janitor trying to bribe Vernon, you know, you're in the confidential files, you got 50 bucks, you know, I mean, all that stuff, you know, um, everything's gold, but so, so yeah. Um, and then one thing I do love is the, uh, is the scene where they're in the, they're playing the music running away from Vernon that whole that whole scene. I think the music's really good in the movie. That that was a really fun montage. Oh yeah. You know, trying to get back before Vernon finds them. I thought was good. Although when there's the one scene though where uh, Andrew's like, "We got to go this way. We're tired of listening to you." And Bender is the last person at the end of the line. And then the second that the scene hits, he's in front of the line. <laughs> he's the one that hits the gate. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, wait a second, how'd that happen? You know, but uh, then I love the scene in the gym. You know, I want to be an airborne ranger. You know, it's good times. And then Vernon threatens Bender. He's like, are you threatening me? And it's true that who's going to believe you? You're just a big pile of crap. You know, no, who's going to take your word? It, that's a very powerful scene to me. It still works to this day because that that's stuff that probably still happens in schools today. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, and that is. There's going back to the gym scene is one of my favorite things. And it's a throwaway little thing, but I, I get a chuckle every single time is when Bender kicks the ball or when uh, uh, Vernon kicks the ball, at Bender and Bender literally jumps out of his shoe yeah, and then just leaves it there. Yeah. <laughs> Walks out with his shoes in there. I love that, that always makes me laugh. But then, yeah, exactly what you say that they're, they're in the office or whatever. And, and Vernon's literally just right. I'm like, come on. Just take a swing at me, you piece of crap. Let's go. And uh, you can tell that he is beyond frustrated because he has had to watch his authority be undermined by this guy who thinks he's too cool and has he's dealt with him so many times. And and yeah, 
the frustration has boiled over and you see that Bender suddenly is not Mr. Braggadocio. Yeah. When when his bluff is being called by an adult, you see that he's you see he's scared and you see that I think one of the reasons it works too is I think he's he gets a little flashback of, of his home life where he's got he's got an adult uh, figure in his face screaming at him threatening violence and he kind of curls up on that. Yeah. He kind of uh he he backs down and and it is interesting. I I agree with you that scene works really well. Yeah. So, uh, did you know in regards to casting that originally John Cusack was going to be up for the role of Bender? Yeah, I'd actually read about all the different casting things and how Molly Ringwald was supposed to be the Ali Sheedy and yeah, uh, it kind of everybody flip flopped around the place and and Amelia was supposed to be Bender. Yeah. That would have been weird. Yeah, and and then of course uh, Cusack wasn't threatening looking enough, so that's right. why it went to Judd Nelson. And yeah, you he would have been terrible at that. Yeah. So you know, all in all, uh, when we basically, you know, we we get done, all all is said and done. Everybody is kind of they've reached a point of understanding that okay, come to you know, come Monday, I think that you walk down the hall. You know, I'm going to acknowledge you versus before I wouldn't because I never really understood you. So it does a good job of, you know, bringing all these different characters together and maybe they don't they're not the best of friends, but at least they have a little bit more understanding of their different background and and things like that. So I think the movie does a, a very great job of that. And in fact, I mean, it obviously has when how many teen movies have copied this movie? <laughs> I mean, there's, you know, of course, not another teen movie. I just watched that the other day. So did I. That I was for- my guilty pleasure last month. Yeah, I forgot how good that movie was. I thought Chris Evans was going to be an ass the whole movie, but he wasn't. So that was that was a pleasant surprise. But of course, I love the Breakfast Club joke with, with Ben, uh, you know, <laughs> Vernon in there. But I mean, this movie's been copied time in and time out, and it's on tons of lists of greatest, you know, high school movies and, and this and that. And uh, you know, I, I think outside of that that one scene that me and you have kind of exhausted talking about, I think by the end of the movie, it does a good job of wrapping things up. And uh, you know, I, I can see why this movie has had the powerhouse, you know, lifespan that it has. Yeah, I mean, it does. Obviously, it it accomplishes its goal of learning to accept people that we're all different, that they're, you know, despite our outward appearances or our home lives or what have you, that everyone is still a person. Everyone still has things. Everyone has issues, even if they seem perfect on the outside, or if they seem like they're garbage on the outside, that they, uh, they do still have things that hurt them on the inside. You know, Molly Ringwald at one point says, look, you know, I still, I'm still a person. I still have feelings the same as you, you know, and, and, it is. It does a great job of that, and the reconciliation at the end is is fun. It, I, you know, I know I've kind of bagged on parts of this movie, but movie is great. Yeah, and it is still one of Hughes' strongest movies. The music is perfect for this. I mean, the the final three minutes of this movie is just perfect way to end a movie. Oh yeah, you know, no doubt about it. It, it just. Um, Really enjoyable. There's a reason that we rewatch this all the time, right? There's a reason this is one of those movies that's now 30 years old. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. 30 years old and uh, is still being shown in theaters. And and we're, we're talking about it because it is a great movie. It is. Um, 
you know, I would say overall, you know, for the majority of my life, because I watched this movie very young, you know, at least when I was six. So, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be 30, what, I'm going to be 37 next. Do the math. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to be 37 in like two weeks. And I think I finally have dropped my score from five to four, and it took me like 15 years to do so. Mm-hmm. So, but I think that, and that's just because of getting older and more experience in, in, you know, just, uh, kind of seeing the problems in the movie. Cause I always thought it was flawless, but now I don't think so as much, but I still think it's a fantastic film. And, you know, with Ferris Bueller's day off, there's just, there's so much fun in that movie because it's not a Ferris Bueller movie. It's a Cameron Fry movie, <laughs> you know, that it, that's basically what that movie is. And, and even my, you know, that's a movie that I can watch with my kids all the time. That's every time we have Netflix on, they're always like, can we watch Ferris Bueller? I'm like, yeah. And I never get tired of that movie. But and that's one of those that you can pick up anywhere in the movie. Yeah. And just sit down and watch the rest of it. Exactly. There's not any of those scenes. There, there's not that scene in this movie where I'm just like, okay, time to fast forward or, or flip the channel. Every every scene is gold in there. You know, p- plane, trains, and automobiles, every scene is gold. Except the one scene that you and I are always like, well, that was kind of ridiculous that, you know, he turned into a demon right there. That was kind of right. stupid. But, you know, that w- but we let it go, though, because that movie was so phenomenal that one little tiny scene was not going to do any sort of, you know, score dropping or anything. Right. But I definitely wouldn't say that this is the weakest John Hughes film. I mean, uh, I definitely think Some Kind of Wonderful is is weaker for sure than The Breakfast Club. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say, at least based on what we've talked about, man, I got to... Uh, Boy, if I was to rank them, I mean, Weird Science, Plane Trains and Automobiles and Ferris Bueller's Day Off are all pretty much tied for greatness. I mean, you could flip flop between all three and I don't think anybody would ever give you a problem with that. You know what I mean? So I'm kind of with you. Uh, I think watching, if I'm watching it, I'm like, this is my favorite. And then if I watch the other one, oh, this is my favorite. That's kind of how those three movies. But that's why he's such a great director, right? Yeah. Because he wasn't a one-trick pony and he wasn't a guy who had one really good movie and then a couple of pretty good movies and then a bunch of crap. Is that his entire catalog, top to bottom, is fairly strong. It's all almost all high above average. I would say my least favorite is She's Having a Baby. I think that movie is just she's that movie's just blah but um but for the most part i mean his movies are so exceptional that it it is it's splitting hairs it and, is and, and that's why i think you and i both and, and a lot of people i know also you ask them and it depends on your mood which one's your favorite exactly ask me tomorrow and my favorite will be weird science again ask me thursday it'll be ferris bueller you know and, and so yeah that's that's <laughs> great that's great when you can sit down and be like no you know what this is my favorite and then watch everyone like no you know what i think this might be that's strong right you there. You know, it basically, there's a movie for every day of the week. So for Monday, <laughs> you watch The Breakfast Club because it's a downer a little bit. Uh, Friday is definitely Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Mm-hmm. Wednesday is your hump movie. So you probably would want to watch, uh, let's see, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles would probably be Thursday. Yeah. And, Give me and, 16 candles in there. Yeah. And then Weird Science would be Tuesday because weird stuff always happens on Tuesdays. <laughs> so yeah, Wednesday would be, uh, yeah. Would you say Wednesday would be? 16 candles. 16 candles, yeah. And then Thursday would be your plane, trains, and automobiles. And Friday is your Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You got, Why not? yeah, perfect for every day. You know, Saturday and Sunday, 
Uh, boy, what what else could we fill in there for Saturday and Sunday? Well, you got your you got your pretty in pink. Uh, so where does some kind of wonderful fit? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> it's in there somewhere. What about Uncle Buck? That's a John Hughes movie. I right? do love Uncle Buck. Yeah. So and I do not love the fact that they're making an Uncle Buck TV show. Ugh. Okay, so Uncle Buck would be Saturday because that's yeah. definitely a Saturday movie, and then you. and then Sunday. Is okay. You gotta have a little bit of depression in there because you're dreading going back to work Monday. So what remaining John Hughes movie uh, would? Oh boy, let me see here. Got pretty in pink. Got pretty in pink. I, and of course, Sixteen Candles is so funny with the you know what's up hot hot stuff. I mean, no sexy girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what would be what would be our Sunday movie? I guess all right. You got you you also you know for the season you've got your Home Alone. Home Alone. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. You got your Dutch. You got National Lampoon's Vacation, 16 Candles. There's two. See, this is amazing. This is why I love John Hughes. Exactly. This is why I can just watch John Hughes movies all the time. (laughs) Because they are so good. This is why he's my favorite director. I mean, uh, that's my number one at the top of the list right there. Is because it's he's so solid. That most people they they don't they they don't have like a complaint like oh this movie sucks. It's just like. Boom. And most of his movies he wrote and directed, you know, which was pretty good time. So, um, so what's your final score, sir, on this movie? Um, I actually, I agree with you. My, my score is sitting at four stars. Okay. It is a very strong four stars, but, um, I think it's fair. I, I think it's fair, especially in his catalog and in, in the issues that I have with it as, as I grow up and everything we've talked about, I think four stars is, is very fair with that. Excellent. Excellent. I agree. Well, sir, uh, we got a few emails, so should right. we roll into here what the STL Nation has to say, sir? Nope. Uh, all right. So let's get into it, <laughs> sir. So we have a new member of the STL Nation, sir. So what Uh-oh. happens when that happens? Come on. <clears throat> Excuse me. Banzai! <laughs> <laughs> so good. Banzai, Danielson! Hey, Banzai! 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 <laughs> All right, so this comes from one of my one of my great friends in Chicago. Uh, I grew up with this guy. I went to church forever. Uh, his name's Bart Luciano. He's big time into the STL Nation, but it's first time he wrote in. So I'm gonna call him Shy Town Bart. Uh, you know, cause it's from my hometown, man. And uh, you know, that's the best I could come up with. So if you don't like it, sir, you gotta let me know. So his email is on uh, Fast and Furious Seven, sir. So All right. here we go. What's up, Mike and STL Nation? Wow, what an amazing movie. I totally went in with super high expectations, especially with all the hype and expected uh, memorial. I wasn't disappointed and just got absolutely lost in the whole movie. The whole experience was just so fulfilling and brought closure in such an awesome way. The way they ended it and kind of left it open at the same time was exactly what I thought they would do. It had everything, great story, awesome characters, insane chases, and great fight fight scenes. It was the total package. I love how the whole movie was a throwback to the original with Dom and Brian being the main focus as it was a great tribute to Paul. It was awesome to see Paul really get a chance to show his fighting ability and uh, get full fight scenes. The mission they had to do for Kurt Russell 
where uh, where they were put together uh, worked really well, and having Jason Statham crash the missions uh, was amazing. He got such a, he's got such a presence that they could totally see him doing that too. By the way, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it. <laughs> um, way to put that in, Mike. <laughs> I want to say this: I'm happy that they kept Jason Statham alive so they could bring him back uh for future sequels i thought you got that, a good bad guy don't kill him right exactly especially if the the lady from red the old lady uh who's Aaron. yeah where she wants to be in furious eight as as the parent to jason statham i think that would be amazing so uh i'm really hoping that for part eight which is obviously confirmed we knew it was going to happen uh, I hope they bring back Jason Statham and uh, he'll play a bigger role. Uh, I know Rock's officially back and he's going to have a bigger role this time. So Rock, Stone Cold, I'm uh, not Stone Cold, but uh, Rock, Kurt Russell, Jason Statham back. You know, I'm interested to see where it goes, man. Um, I really am. I'm not, I'm I don't know how, where my expectations are with Fast Eight or Fast Nine at this point. Low. Yeah. Lower them all. Yeah, lower them all, right? Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I was I was where at the end of the movie, I was cool with it being over with. But I also knew in the back of my mind that they weren't going to end it. So I was like, okay, what how would the future hold? So I could kind of see. So Uh, let me see. Um, And then the last fight where they where he pulls some. Uh, pulls to fight Dom and Dom pulls out the shotgun saying you thought that uh, this is going to be a street fight you're damn right uh, you just uh, did it for you just did it for me right there I love Dom and Letty's story and how they brought it back and, and gave it the full story the the cross actually has a meaning folks uh, spoiler alert you'll have to watch and find out that part I won't spoil that part uh, I love oh, yeah. let me let me just step in real quick Mike because that just reminded me of something yeah so I was uh when I was waiting for Mad Max the other night. Yeah. Uh, we have the trivia thing going on on the screen. You know, we're there quite a, quite a bit before the movie started. Yeah. And uh, they have trivia questions going on about movies full of spoilers, like Fast 7 or Furious 7 right. spoilers. I'm like, oh, okay. So that's, and I actually knew a guy who was sitting in front of me when he came <laughs> in. He was like, hey, Rabbit, hey. I'm like, what's up? And we're sitting there and he hasn't seen Furious 7. And he turns around and he goes, What's that all about? I go, yeah, that's a spoiler, buddy. Yeah, I know. I read that in Avengers. I'm like, wait a second. Uh, that's a spoiler. And my wife says, considering it just made a billion dollars, I think the whole planet just watched this movie, so it's not really a spoiler. Still, though. I mean, the movie's still literally in theaters. I could go to the next theater next door and watch the movie. I know. And you're, you're already throwing things up like, hey, at the end of the movie, what about this? Yeah, I saw <laughs> the same exact thing. So... Did you know that Dom and Letty are actually? I'm like, what? Yeah. Why would you say that? That's it's like so dumb. That's I what, couldn't believe it. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you. I totally forgot about that because that happened to me for Avengers. I always get there a half hour early, and uh, oh, that was another thing with Avengers. It was so dark. I there were some scenes I couldn't see. I'm like, is it supposed to be this dark? I don't get it. I think well, we need to get your theater a new light bulb. I know, man. And the worst thing is because they play it every hour, they do one hour in the big theater, one hour in the small theater. And I had the smallest ass theater in the whole entire place. There's only like, I swear, like 15 rows or something. You just need to drive up here, man. Go to the good theater. I'm telling you, man. You're going to get me in for free, son? Every time. All right. <laughs> It'll be worth the gas mileage. I'll tell sure. you. Sure. <laughs> so let, let me finish this up. Uh, right. 
Let me see. Uh, I love Paul and Jordana's story and how they showed that he was fully committed to his family, even by getting a minivan. That's love because uh, he has a minivan. So he knows. Mm-hmm. I, know, I know what he's talking about. There's just so many scenes that made this movie an amazing finished product, and I can't name them all. Uh, it tied everything together from start to finish, and you walk out of the movie fully uh, fulfilled because they brought it all back and uh, put a bow on it. It was amazing to see the tribute, too, with flashbacks of all the Paul scenes, and even the song was perfect. Uh, it couldn't it couldn't have asked for a better movie and they all did an amazing job uh, great job on the episode two it was awesome and i thoroughly enjoyed it thanks bart thank you bart so much uh, he brings up a point that i want to talk about the tribute ending so the music video gets released the following monday and the music video is literally the end of the movie is it really yeah, the Wiz, uh-huh. the Wiz Khalifa song, which is obviously tearing up the charts. It's a fantastic song. I mean, it, it it's it deserves to be the top of the charts that it is. It's fantastic. But if you watch the music video, it literally has the ending of the movie throughout the music video. And yeah. I'm just like, so did you do this on purpose so people won't go see Furious 7? Because that's a big drawing point for people that are just casual fans. Exactly. I want to see the end. That's the first question everyone asked, right? Yeah. How'd How'd they they kill them off? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll show you. Yeah. You don't have to pay to see it. And then at the Billboard Music Awards, same exact thing. They did a live performance and showed the ending of the movie. Interesting. Very interesting. So, And uh, Taylor Swift, uh, you took my favorite song that you've ever done, Bad Blood, and you turned it into a rap song. What the hell is wrong with you? Ugh, that pisses me off. <laughs> All right. Uh, so moving on to Cheerful Charlie, he wrote in. Oh, I hear this one's going to be short. Oh, here we go. Hey, guys. Masoonis, great movie you chose, The Breakfast Club. I saw on a Saturday morning with my sister, and it kind of reminded me of me because I would, on occasion, wind up doing Saturday Detention. Great movie and great memories. That's all I had to say. Hey, that's actually longer than I was expecting. <laughs> I know. So thank you, Charlie, for writing in. Uh, so the person who wrote in every single episode for like the past year and a half, he never wrote in, dude. Oh, what a jerk. But then he came in the last second. And All right, <laughs> very good. I take back what I said. So uh, so uh, Time Traveling Peter wrote in. He's like, greetings, Masoonish, Jameson, and STL Nation. Christmas came early this year. I don't know how long I've been waiting for you guys to wait. Sorry. I got distracted by that piece of meat stuck on the ceiling. Uh, what was I What was I saying? All oh, right. I have to admit, I didn't grow up watching this movie. I actually saw it after I had seen Not Another Teen Movie. So, wow. So, right? So when I got around to it, uh, my early mid-20s, I was like watching a five-minute clip expanding into a movie. Uh, I still enjoyed it nonetheless. Uh, I thought all the lines were great. It's really weird rewatching this, not that Judd Nelson is on Empire, and boy, did he age. On first watch, I couldn't believe all the quotes that I heard uh, before. I couldn't believe all the quotes I had heard before were in this movie. I was like hearing turn it up oh turn it up to 11 before watching Spinal Tap. This movie is so good and watching the movie is a slight subplot in the first pitch perfect. It's no secret John Hughes was a man who was able to tap into teenage psyche. Uh, this movie would not work if it was to be remade. And this is so true. If you were to remake this movie everybody would just be on their phone the whole time. <laughs> right. There, there's no yeah. yeah they'd just be sitting in detention on your phone like whatever yeah exactly send it text messages <laughs> uh l- let's do the whole movie through text message 
Oh, God, that sounds like the worst <laughs> idea ever. It might get made. Don't say that. Watch it make a billion dollars. Next thing, I'll, I'll be having to watch that movie in a year from now. Oh, my gosh. You'll have to review it on Real Reviews. <laughs> it's crazy. I think we now live in a time where it's not that easy to just befriend someone, especially if you know when a character like Claire would be on her phone the entire time. Well, all of them. Whether it's playing Candy Crush or listening to podcasts, this is definitely a classic in the uh, pantheon of teenage movies. Hey, look, I said a big word today. Mm. And much watch for all, and I give this a 4.25 stars. I should get going soon because I don't want to miss with the bull. I don't want to mess with the bull. Come on. Uh, It's nice to see you guys hooking up again. Wait, sir, this is a family podcast. What are you thinking, sir? Uh, Even though the dynamic isn't on every week, I still try to pay my dues to the men who help me get my podcast off. Whether it's uh, being active in the nation or listening to all 742 podcasts that Jameson is on. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to hear uh, you guys back. uh, I can't wait to hear you guys back at it soon. And until next time, time traveling, Peter. Excellent. Good times. So I guess uh, that will bring me to, to, you know, kind of give an update i guess so this is the first time you and i have been together for like five months and uh definitely missed you but you know you sir have had a successful career uh, without me you, you no longer need me anymore i wish it were a career <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know for a few months you know uh getting a new job definitely changed my life and uh, I'm a computer technician. And one of the things that was required of me is I had to do this A-plus certification, which is basically like a bunch of college courses. And it's a $200 test. And there's two tests that you have to pass. And I had to do it within a six-month period. I actually took the first test and I failed. And I think I psyched myself out because it's like, you know, if you fail, then you have to come up with $200 to retake the test. So... Uh, so that's why a lot of podcasting I, d- I didn't do, uh, and then uh, doing the new job, just, it just totally changed my life around. So our schedules never matched anymore. Uh, I never really had time to podcast anymore. So, you know, it's starting to, to the flow is starting to get back and I'm starting to be able to do some more stuff now that I was able to pass the test and I got certified and things are going good. Uh, it worked out for us because, you know, my, my wife works tonight and you, uh, you know, you didn't have to do anything tonight. So I am, I am off work for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So, you know, I also sent out, you know, basically just an update overall. And I said, I kind of had like a finish line, you know, set up where I was like, look, this is kind of where I'm at. Uh, basically let's do a new list. You know, let's just say that this is the final year of STL. Not saying it is, but let's just say that it is because I don't know. It, It could be, it could not be. Let's let's throw in the movies that you have to hear before the door is shut. And it's been good in regards to the responses in the nation of, of movies that have been posted. And I'm really looking forward to it. And I did say that the Karate Kid Part 2 would be the final episode. Whether that would be, it would either be the final episode or the 200th episode. Whichever comes first. So... I would say, you know, like two months ago, I was I was ready to hang it all up. I, I was done. You know, I, I didn't really have any fire in me. And I and you were like, you know, get through your test, you know, get that done, you know, get get your work rolling. And I think, you know, your shoulders are going to feel a lot better. And it's true. You know, it, it, it worked out to where I felt like a thousand pounds was lifted off of me because, I mean, it literally was. If I didn't pass the test, I wasn't going to have a job anymore. Right. Uh, so now that that's done. 
you know, and, and business is going good and, and it just, it feels good to be a certified technician. It's all good. And, and I definitely cannot be full time anymore. Like I used to be, I used to be able to do one podcast a week. I can't do that anymore. Just with the way that my whole life has been. Um, but definitely once or twice a month, I can definitely swing that. And hopefully you and I, you know, we can get back together again soon. Maybe, you know, next week is looking really good. Uh, I don't know what your schedule looks like, but I was thinking maybe our next movie, we could do some Brewster Millions because that's a movie I've always wanted to talk about. And I think that's a movie that you've always wanted to talk about. Is that right? I love Brewster's Millions. So do you want to, <laughs> do you want to, the next time we get together, do some Brewster's Millions? Let's, uh, let's pencil that in. Let's pencil that in. Okay. So are, are we thinking maybe next week we could possibly do this or are we thinking a few weeks from now? That's a good question. <laughs> I, I guess we'll have to let the nation know uh, where yeah. that where that rolls. But, uh, you know, I thought it, it was good just to be upfront and just say, you know, I, I'm not ready to hang up the mic yet, but I also I can't go back full time. It just I don't just my whole life is changing that aspect. I, I just don't have the time anymore for it. Too many, you know, responsibilities I got going on so much kid stuff. And I missed out on a lot of stuff with my kids because I was, I was more about podcasting every week. I had to throw out a podcast and spending time with my kids and taking them to functions and stuff. And I really evaluated myself and I was just like, I'm really putting this podcasting thing above everything else in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I really need to just cut back and, and take, take a step back. And I'm glad I did, you know, kind of refocus and stuff because I always said, I never want to do an episode unless I'm a hundred percent in, you know, I never want to give a half ass episode just to get it out to people, you know? So that's, that's something that, uh, I will continue to have. And there's those promise movies that will definitely deliver, uh, when that's all questionable. So if you're in the nation, uh, that post is very recent. So go ahead and add your movie in there of movie that, you know, I definitely want to hear this review before STL ends. That's the mindset that I'm in right now. And, and I think by doing that, we'll get a lot of movies that we can't wait to talk about. You know, whether you're on with me or I got to do it solo, you know, uh, I guess we'll we'll have to play it, you know, week by week and just kind of see how things go, you know. Indeed. So, but you, sir, you're, things are rolling for you, man. I mean, you uh, you got real reviews, which, man, you, you're you're killing it, dude, aren't you? You're getting like, you're what, now, now it's an audio podcast as well along with the video and then you're getting multiple stations picking you up every week you got t-shirts now you got magnets uh i mean you're putting me to shame i only had t-shirts now you got magnets so you pissed all over me so that's all good (laughs) there we go yeah yeah we uh yeah and and uh it's it's been fun it's been uh we just passed our one year anniversary a couple weeks ago and uh have kind of completely overhauled the look of the show and uh, like you say, we've been really fortunate getting picked up by a lot of different uh, affiliates all around the country. It's It blows my mind every week when I look on the uh, site that we post our show to for stations to grab and some station in New Hampshire is downloading our episodes and some station in, you know, in, in Oklahoma is showing us every week. And I'm like, well, it's just so weird. It's so wild. I mean, I still would love to. Uh, generate an income out of this and yeah make it a full-time living that would be amazing but uh it's it's a lot of fun and and like i've always said more than anything it feeds a hobby of mine which was costing me money to go see movies that i wanted to see and now i don't have to worry about that now i just go to the movies and just walk in and sit down in our 
our brand new state of the art theater that we have in town here. And it's just it, that it affords me a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, fun and, and being able to take friends and family with me, which is also kind of fun that, that uh, I'm afforded the, the time and, and ability to just take people with me. Hey, you want to go see a free movie? Let's go. That's awesome. You know, so that's yeah. That's a lot. It's been a lot of fun with that. So, and then you're still doing the, uh, the uh, real, real films with Jason, right? Correct. Real Films Podcast, the documentary podcast. Jason and I just had a new episode come out today as of this recording, uh, talking about the documentary Stevie. Uh, we had one of those come out. And uh, also uh, Movie Mojo Monthly, uh, we're, we're rolling along. We're going to be recording a new episode later this week, talking about Mad Max Fury Road and probably Tomorrowland as well. Cool. Uh, so those will be coming out. Um and uh, what else? Yeah, just sat in with the boys over at Flicks. If you want to hear, uh, <laughs> hear hear that, it's a it's a fun You're, episode. <laughs> yeah, you can hear Jason yell at somebody. That's fun. Yeah, it's it was a good time to listen to angry Jason uh, really get <laughs> at it. Uh, we talked about uh, finished off the Mad Max series, so that was that was fun. That that also just got posted today. So hey, speak speaking of iTunes reviews, since you know. Uh, he, that guy had left a nasty iTunes review. Yes, he did. Uh, so we got a guy. I'm not sure where he came from, but his name is not Tom Selleck. He <laughs> he he wrote a review for all of our shows for for my show for uh you know for STL for when we did changing channels. Oh my God, people still listen to that show. Yeah, I know. I oh, it was crazy. And then he wrote for for all your shows. But here's what he said. For STL, he's like, I love the movie choices. So many beloved 80s classics to choose from. Mike and Jameson in the episodes he's on crack me up. They go from chatting about movies to ridiculousness in a heartbeat, and it leaves me laughing. Bring on more Sweep the Lake. <laughs> so the man has spoken, not Tom I, Selleck. You know what? I will say, not Tom Selleck. I have an inkling of who it is, and I don't think it's a dude. For real? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I actually I haven't. I haven't brought it. I just, this just dawned on me, but I haven't broached the subject, but I have a friend of mine who recently stated that she, uh, was, she listened to the big bang theory episode oh my God. of changing channels. I'm like, where did you even find that? <laughs> and so putting two and two together, it kind of makes me think that that might be who not Tom Selleck is. Okay. Well, if it is a female listener, I, I love and appreciate your review. It was fantastic. And I promise I will try to get the man of the hour on as much as possible. He is, he is very famous now and he doesn't need little, little Masunas here anymore. <laughs> uh, I'm just the little peon now in the podcast. What I need is world. more hours in the day. That's what I need. <laughs> it's true, man. Dude, it's so funny just to see how crazy when we first got together for cool as ice <laughs> to look at you now, you're this big star, right? It's crazy. I'm so big proud. Time stuff. I'm so proud of you, man. It's good times, man. I'm getting a little choked up, Mike. Yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to cry. <laughs> So uh, I don't think um, we should play any more games because you murdered me the last time we played. What movie am I? Unless you oh, want to do yeah. it for fun. I, I love your Busey or Blank stuff. That that's a good that's a good time. Oh man, if I had a Busey or Blank with me, I would uh, I would whip it out. But all I have, I actually have my book right in front of me. These are the older ones that I've already played on uh, Mojo. Oh yes. man, I was gonna I say I, I would love to play one just to see how different we would be. <laughs> You want to do one? Yeah, sure. It's an older one. It's one that's already been done. But okay, I'm but, sure I won't remember. But go ahead. Yeah. All right. All right. Let's see. Let's see. All right. Let's do um, it. Let me see which one. We'll go with the first one, I guess. Okay. We'll just go right to the beginning. All right. All right. Busey or Blake? This is uh, 
not proprietary to Mojo, so I can do this. All right. <laughs> somebody angry with me. All right. First one, Busey or Blank. This is a this or that game. Here we go. We love you, Brian. Yep. Here we go. I, I can, all right. Uh, Gary Busey or Crispin Glover? Gary Busey. Twizzlers or Red Vines? Twizzlers. Escape from New York or Escape from L.A.? Uh, haven't seen either one, so I have to add that to classic movies. It hasn't seen. Oops. God. All right. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Irons or James Woods? Oh, you know what? I got to say Irons because he's phenomenal in Die Hard 3 and he's the new Alfred. And I love James Woods. He's an ass. But I got to go in Irons. So. All right. Irons over Woods. So yeah. that leads us to Tin Cup or Real Steel? Oh, boy. Real Steel. All right. That goes into Steel Magnolias or On Golden Pond? Steel Magnolias. All right. Then from there we'll go uh, 9 to 5 or Straight Talk? Straight Talk. I love Straight Talk. That movie's badass. Speaking of like, James Woods. I love how you jumped on that. <laughs> All right. Like, this is the one. All oh, right. Yeah. Uh, okay. From Straight Talk, let's see. Rocky Five or Godfather Three? Oh, my God. Uh, Rocky Five. You're a sick man. All right. <laughs> uh, Milk Duds or Junior Mints? Milk Duds. Okay. I hate mints. They suck. Uh, which do you prefer? Full theater on an opening night or empty theater to yourself? Empty theater to myself. Attaboy. Uh, sharks or Jets? Uh, you mean sports team? No, I'm talking, are you a shark or a jet? If you're a jet oh, all the oh, way. Oh, uh, like Shark the Animal? Like like the uh, West Side Story, Sharks or Jets, the gangs. Oh, That's what it's based off of. Oh. You, can, you can say whatever you want. Oh, okay. Sharks. You like Sharks or Jets? Sharks. Okay. All right, good, good choice. Uh, so, Top Gun or Days of Thunder? Days of Thunder all the way. Schwarzenegger or Stallone? Schwarzenegger. Hello. He's all my right. favorite action hero of all time. Tango or cash? Tango and cash all the time. No, tango or cash. Oh, uh, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go with Kurt Russell. Which one was he? <laughs> I, I, you know what? <laughs> Same exact answer Brian gave me when we did this. <laughs> and I can never remember which is which. Yeah, Kurt Russell. All right. Uh, Silver Bullet or the Man with the Golden Gun? Silver Bullet all the way. All right. Randy Quaid or Dennis Quaid? Ran- uh, no, Dennis Quaid. <laughs> Dennis Quaid. Frequency, right. I just watched it. I love that movie. Uh, have you watched Randy Quaid's porn, though? Uh, I'll pass. Okay, then. Uh, Monst- not, a, not another team movie, by the way. Sure. Uh, Monsters or Adam's Family? Uh, neither one. Uh, oh, come on. I guess I'll go with uh, Monsters because that was a little bit more enjoyable for me. You didn't like the Adam's Family rap? No, I was terrible. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mike Myers or Michael Myers? Michael Myers. Say hello to my little friend or say hello to your mother for me? Say hello to your mother for me. <laughs> All right. Uh, Judge Reinhold or Judge Dredd? Judge Reinhold. Disturbing Behavior or Cruel Intentions? Disturbing Behavior on Netflix now. There you go. And uh, the last one was Seth Rogen or James Franco? Uh Seth, uh, James Franco is a better actor, surprisingly, when he wants to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I guess Franco. I guess Franco. Yeah. That's, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. I, that's, that's how you end that one. Like, yeah. I guess this guy. Yeah. All right. You want to mash these up? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, let's see. You took Gary Busey over Crispin Glover. You were incorrect on that statement. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll always be Gary Busey, man. Twizzlers or Red Vines? Twizzlers. 
That's that's a good choice. Uh, Escape from New York, Escape from L.A. You have seen neither, so you get a pass on that one. But you do need to watch these films. I, I, yeah, I will. Uh, Irons over woods every time because yes, yes. Die Hard with Vengeance. Yes. Uh, Real Steel over Tin Cup. I agree. Steel Magnolias over on Golden Pond. I agree. Nine to five or Straight Talk. You take Straight Talk. I go nine to five. We split. We differ on that. Okay. On our Dolly Parton movies. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> oh, Rocky Five. Straight Godfather. Talk. Straight Talk. Ooh. Does have a. They're both phenomenal theme songs. Too. Oh my gosh. Uh, Rocky Five or Godfather Three. <laughs> Our our greatest discussion we ever had was Rocky Five because we were going at it that whole episode. Yeah, I'll go Rocky Five, but God, I hate <laughs> these movies. Uh, Milk Duds or Junior Mints? I'm a I'm a Junior Mint guy. Okay. Yeah, they're refreshing. Yeah. Uh, full theater on opening night or empty theater to yourself? Always empty theater to yourself. Always. Uh, shark or a jet? I'm a jet all the way till my last dying day, um, which means I enjoy Top Gun more than Days of Thunder. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't know if that's too correlate, but uh, I'm a Stallone guy over a Schwarzenegger guy. I agree, Stallone is the better actor, but fun movie wise, Schwarzenegger every time. So right, fair enough. It's it's a tough question. Yeah, uh, Tango or Cash? <laughs> I'll, go <laughs> Kurt, I'll go Kurt Russell with you. Yeah, uh, Silver Bullet over a man with a golden gun, obviously. Um, Dennis Quaid over Randy Quaid. I'll agree with you on that. Yeah, I take the Munsters over the Adams Family because they are a little more fun. Okay. Uh, I take Mike Myers over Michael Myers myself. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael Myers, uh, man. He's, say hello to your mother for me. That's a winner. Hell yeah. Uh, I take Judge Reinhold over Judge Dredd. That's what I said, right? Is it? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that's what I said. Judge Reinhold. Guessing. Uh, I will also take disturbing behavior over cruel intentions. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I take I take Rogan over Franco. That's me. Okay. It's not, I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about it either. <laughs> he made me laugh at one time. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, there's your game. Th- this is, uh, this is the end is by far their best movie ever. Oh, it's, without question. Yeah. Fantastic. So, so is, is that a good score? I guess that is pretty good. I think we only missed on four. Okay. I think we go 18 out of 22 on that one. That's right. pretty good. That's, That's not... pretty good for a recycled game. Good deal. <laughs> <laughs> I like it, sir. All right. Uh, let's roll into the music spotlights there. All right, then. Here comes the ready and not. Here comes the boys from the sound. Here comes the ready and not. All right, sir. So um, I, I'm kind of where all my favorite tunes that I've jammed, I, I played in either the Underground Hour or in the News Tunes and Reviews episode. So I'm kind of out of new tunes that I dig. So when in doubt, I go to the year the movie came out, the there top 100 songs, baby. Yes. So, of course, Don't You Forget About Me uh, is on this list of 1985, but it's not in the top 10. It's actually at number 16 so let's go through the top 10 sir all right number one is wham with careless whisper i thought this was george michael i didn't know it was wham but oh, the, i like that song too i know it's it's a fantastic song. there's actually a oh who the, covered it oh uh, it was um god the rock band uh yes. oh so good dude just the, a few years ago oh uh, the guys that do the uh <laughs> oh what is it the guy oh I have it on my iPod too. But. What it? What is the name of this band, dude? It's gonna. Oh, that's a great version. We should play that version because that version is amazing. And 
Oh, so good. Okay, who is the band, dude? I got the guy's face. You know, he sang cover with, versions. Here he, we go. He I'm did, looking. He did. He sung with. Uh, was didn't he do Broken with Amy Lee on the Punisher soundtrack? Uh, it is. Uh, boy, oh boy. I'm looking at it. The song has been covered by you're, many artists. You're just an effing hypocrite. That that's the song that was their big, huge radio hit. Oh God, this is pissing me off. This is I, yeah. It's not listed on there on the. Uh, well, that's kind of weird, dude. All right, you know what? I'm gonna pull up my Shazam because I Shazam this song a little while ago because I was like, who? Bananarama is? covered it. How about that? Oh my <laughs> gosh. Kenny G covered it. Whoa. Are you serious? Oh, with Brian McKnight. There's a wow. Ugh, what is going on? What what is wrong with the world today, folks? Seether. There you go. Seether. Thank you very much. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, yep, yep. Fantastic version. So Madonna, like a virgin, number two. Yep. Wham with "Wake Me Up Before You Go Go." Absolutely not. Uh, I want to know what love is by Foreigner. Oh. Number five is "I Feel for You" by Chaka Khan. Uh, number six is Daryl Holland, John Oates, "Out of Touch." Number oh, seven is Tears for Fears. Everybody wants to rule the world. Number eight is Dire Straits with Money for Nothing. Oh, that's a great song. Number nine is Madonna, Crazy for You. Mm-hmm. And ten is Aha, Take on Me, my, oh, fa- my God. favorite music video of all time. So That's my karaoke jam right there. I just downloaded I Want to Be Rich uh, off iTunes. I think I played that on uh, Underground Hour last time. I can't remember, but Did you? I, I love that song. I I think Careless Whisper by Seether, man. We should go. No with- doubt. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Woo, good times. I like, I like I like what we did there. I like what we did. Immediately we knew it song, but we just went down the list anyway. So, <laughs> so uh, if you want to write in for the next episode, uh, Brewster's Millions, when Jameson will be on, feel free to do so at stlpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, go ahead and be part of the STL Nation group. We got our boy Sean Forster. He just hooked us up last did night. Did he now? He did. He's part of the group officially, so now we Uh-oh. can mess with them all the We're time. We're all in trouble. It's all, yes. <laughs> but uh, STL Nation, look that up on Facebook. Uh, and then if you want to like the page, I'm only at 86 likes over there. I think you're at like 500 on real, <laughs> real you know. Yeah, I do what I can. On, on your show, yeah. But I, I would like to hit 100 likes before 2019. So let, let, let's work on that, folks. Um, and then Twitter. I think I have a Twitter account, but I can't remember the name because it's been so long since I went in there. I think it's STL Podcast. But I believe it is. I believe that's it. Changing Channels is still on iTunes if you so desperately want to hear us talk about television. That 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 just blew my mind when I got a text from a friend of mine a while back. Like, we oh, just listened to you on the big talking about Big Bang Theory. I'm like, where was I talking about the changing channels? Like, what? <laughs> Say still what? Available? <laughs> like, I, I apologize immediately for anything. <laughs> Didn't Mike take that down a few years ago? I swore it was gone. Yeah, no, I, I put for that, your listening pleasure. I put that back. It only cost me five bucks a month to host that show, so I figured, why the hell not? So why not? Yeah, it doesn't cost me much. It's pocket change, really. You're welcome, America. You're welcome. It's it's there for you in case a resurrection ever happens, which probably never happens. Okay. No, no. If I don't have time to watch a movie, how am I going to have time to watch a whole series of a show? Exactly. I mean, come on. Let's think about this. Uh, and yeah, that's it. You can't find me on any other podcast because I don't do podcasts anymore. So mm-hmm. no more face versus heel. That kind of ended because I don't have time to get together with ryan i was wondering about that yeah every time he wants to get together it's on some freaking night that i can't do i'm like dude pick another day or something man i can't do this i'm working or 
It's uh, I don't know. It's ridiculous. So, so I I've taken care of the face versus seal game and everything, but I just can't do the podcast anymore. So it's okay if I want to talk wrestling. I don't know. Uh, I guess I'll do it on this show. I guess I don't. Fair know. enough. So there you go. Um, that is that. That's it, man. That's a wrap. This is our shortest episode we've done in two years, son. So this that's all right. Times. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I I don't think I have anything else more to say. So. <laughs> <laughs> what a wait, wait, what wait, wait, no, right? No, no, no. The show is not going to end with you just winding down. Uh, this reminds me very much of the Easy A, where you just stopped talking <laughs> in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> you just ran out of steam in the middle of a sentence. You're like, and eh, so the show, I don't have anything else. Oh, yeah, that was great. And then just music hits. All of a sudden, Seether just hits. Dude, that, that's not. <laughs> that's still in the top five greatest moments of STL, is that that particular line. And then, You're just bailing on your own sentence? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I give up. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say there. That's what I ended up saying. Oh, uh, ridiculous. It was good. So uh, it was a blast having you on, man. I, I missed you. The only time I ever talked to you was through text, so it was great hearing your voice again. Actually, physically talking to me and not through my uh, computer screen. So it's good times. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it has been a while. It has been a while. Yeah. Well, it's we, all right. I'm, I'm going to go uh, pop some pain pills now and uh, really get just ride the dragon. Yeah, good deal. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, that's it, guys. We'll leave you with this one. And then I might throw a surprise song at the end to uh, give retribution to a song that has been recently ruined. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh-huh. I'm so pissed about that right now. You don't add rap to Taylor Swift. What is wrong with you people? Ugh. Why was the Billboard Music Awards? Just give me one sec. Why was the Billboard Music Awards the Taylor Swift Awards? I mean, I understand that For she's real. Gonna win, but, but why was every single, no matter what was going on, it was let's go to her reaction shot and see what Taylor has to think about it. Uh, Everything. She won like nine awards. I mean, first she goes from country winning nine awards to now she goes to Billboard. And how you start the show by giving her okay, you free music video to start the show. Great, we're gonna premiere your video. Great, and then you come up and first thing we're doing is we're going to hand you an award and then every time someone performs anytime some the hosts make a joke we're going to cut to you and see what you <laughs> thought about it it was literally she was almost like the guys in the muppet movie where she, literally like she's giving thumbs up or thumbs down on everything that's happening during the show but because of that billboard had the highest showing in five years really for I real watch i watched it on hulu yeah zip through that thing in about an hour and and girl crush by the way is banned in country radio because of the fact they think it's a gay song but they're too stupid to actually listen to the lyrics we don't like them they're gays yeah so that was ridiculous but i i love it uh hailstorm did a cover of that and my wife's like i love it that was great because my wife you know she, she's a big uh she's a big fan of uh a little big town and she's like i want you to listen to this song i'm like okay and she goes so what's your thoughts i'm like well it's about a girl that uh wants to be that girl because that girl has her man um she's like exactly so why would this song be banned on country radio i'm like i don't know probably because it says girl crush and they think it's about a girl being having you know a crush on a girl oh yeah exactly that was it because they weren't listening to lyrics so you have to go to billboard now Got to go pop radio to play country. Go figure. So 
That's my people are dumb. People are dumb. That's my that's my rant on on stupid people with country music and listen. You gotta listen to lyrics, okay? I know we're all about listening to beat, but the lyrics are there for a reason, folks. If you want to hear a song with no words, just listen to Furious Seven. Get low when the whistle blows. Do do you know that that song's phenomenal? You know, I do like that song. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good, dude. And then of course, turn down for what? The stupidest song ever. You got no four, doubt. four words, but the the beat's cool. Those songs are made for beats, but every typical song has lyrics for a reason. I, I'm just saying, you know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> All well, right, let's wind this thing down, sir. Let's wind it down. And uh, thank you guys so much, as always, for all the love and support. You guys are great. Jameson, thank you, sir, for coming on STL. It's great, sir. And hopefully we can do, uh, you know, get back into a routine and do some more of these shows throughout the year, man. We'll we'll, we'll kill our 80s list that we got rolling that we got to get done, man. So I'm I'll see forward. you in five months. Sounds good. All right. Well, you guys have a good one. Take care. Masunas out.